From the 102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas, this is The Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week. It is at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week, do so. Just don't suck. Get straight to the point. Make the show better. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you subscribe and check out the podcast we drop each afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Seems to be doing pretty well. Host looks like Shrek. We also drop that every single afternoon. Subscribe to it, the Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. So the Big Ten Conference. Here's why the spying scandal outside of all the great jokes. And they're good and they're easy. And it is a Coen Brothers movie. But when you get past that and when you get to the point that we are now with the stealing sign scandal involving Michigan. Here's why it is most significant now and going forward. And that is this. Whatever happens to or not to Michigan for the sign stealing, having a dude, if you don't know the story, which is hard to believe, but they employed a guy, a former military guy who was, quote, an analyst. And this is the excess of most big time college programs. They just have a bunch of staff. Okay. This guy had been traveling around and didn't really hide the fact that he was videoing and trying to steal other teams' signs. And we say signs, those are play calls, offensive and defensive. And if I guess if you study enough, you can figure them out. Is it that big of a deal? Uh, does, is it a game changer? Rarely. Is it worth the hassle? Probably not. Is it over the top? Yes. And is it technically against the rules? Yes. Okay, but here's why it's really important to follow now. So is Michigan going to be punished? Is their head coach going to be punished? Is the head coach not going to be punished? And that's important because the current framework of college sports doesn't really have any rules. And more importantly, what to watch? Who's going to punish them? Like, who is the judge and jury going forward in the industry of professional college sports. And that's what I think this is really going to tell you. Are there any rules going forward? And are the rules going to be enforced? And are they going to be enforced by whom? The Big Ten, which is going to be a lot different next year. The Big Ten has, gosh, what would the number be? Four of the top eight? Ten of the top 11 teams are Yeah, maybe 11 of the top 11 teams are going to be from the Big Ten or the SEC next year. That's the way it's going to work. So these are are the two leagues in the dominant game in in the sport. They own the sport. So are they going to have rules? And are any rules going to be enforced and enforced by whom? That's how important this decision is whatever does or doesn't happen with Michigan. So the sign stealing 
it's exposed the current problem and the future problem of this industry, a slimy industry with no guardrails whatsoever. And the reason why I bring it up is that Jim, Jim Harbaugh and Connor Stallions, the greatest poor name or the worst poor name of all time, they don't have to talk. Connor Stallions has a lawyer who's already said, we've got nothing to say. So how are you going to enforce any rules? What rule book is there anyway? Since the NCAA, just so you know, the NCAA is like your neighborhood association. Okay. And so the schools have, because there's been so much restructuring, they have no subpoena power. Jim Harbaugh has already done this once. He just said, blank you. I'm not talking to you. What are you going to do to me? And he got a raise right after that, by the way. So he's already told the NCAA, I don't need to talk to you, and you're, you, have no, you have no right to do anything to me. So I think the line has already been drawn. The question now is, would the Big Ten, who really has a lot to lose, this might be this year's national champion. It might be a national champion this year that they have to punish years from now. Is the Big Ten going to be the one that says, you know, look, we, we've, we've got to, the, the sport has no rules. The sports has no guidelines. We got to at least do something. This is uncool. It's clearly against the rules. It's unethical at best. It's really slimy. It's a bad look. So we're going to go ahead and punish Michigan. If they do that, then they are setting the bar at a level where it tells the SEC, now, look, we govern our own. You're going to have to do the same in the future when your people are cheating. If the Big Ten slow plays it, if the Big Ten says, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. You know, Connor, he's disappeared. He's gone Rambo somewhere. Um, I don't know if we're going to do anything. Then that will tell you going forward, there's no real risk to cheating. There's no rules and there's no one to enforce the rules. The schools won't do it to their own because they don't want to. And if university president stepped in and whacked Jim Harbaugh, that university president would get whacked himself. Or herself. So that's what this really is. It's a dumb scandal involving the dumbest name, Connor Stallions, but it exposes what's wrong with this pseudo professional sport. Powerful coaches and powerful programs may or may not going forward have any rules and they may not care to follow any rules. And you're going to know with this. So what happens? Is there punishment, and is the punishment handed down by whom? I think you're getting your answer already. One, Connor Stallions, the greatest porn name or the worst porn name of all time, and Jim Harbaugh have already said, I'm not talking to anybody. Get out of my face. This is Jim Harbaugh at a news conference sometime in the last two days. Now, you tell me exactly what did happen with this. Yeah, I, I, I was, you know, appreciate your question, um, but um, yeah, this is, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, really, not not uh, not gonna, not allowed to talk about him, not talking about him. Uh, you know, really want to talk about the game, um, and uh, you know, the the guys are such stalwarts. And the comments keep coming about. Um, you know, why they're good, how they're good. I mean, and they're just good. If you know football and you watch our guys play. Hang um, on a second, Jim. I said it before. <laughs> Did you 
you steal the know that your guy was stealing the signs or not stealing the signs? Anybody catch the answer? I missed the answer. I got lost on bubba bubba bubba. How many bubbas was that? He's not going to say anything. And you know what he's doing in private? He's saying, get out of my face. What are you going to do? And then whether or not they do anything is you're going to know over the next several days, probably several weeks, you're going to know if this sport has any rules or not. You're going to know, or you're going to laugh. Fans don't care. Um, but sooner or later, unlike the NFL, see, again, you're seeing how the industry of professional college football is horribly run, horribly organized, versus the industry of professional football, which is perfectly organized. It figures these things out. It has rules. It has a governing body. And then they will figure it out and follow it. This decision with Michigan, what happens or doesn't happen, sort of sets the bar for the entire sport of showbiz, professional showbiz, for the next several years. If there's any ethics, I know you're going to laugh again at that, but if there's any ethics involved, the University of Michigan or whatever school would say, look, we take care of ourselves. We stand for more. We can't put up with this. The guy's already been – he already served his own suspension – and he served his own suspension already because he told the NCAA, I, blank off. I don't, I don't care. You're not going to do anything to me. And then they had four cream puff games, and the university said, can we try to look good on this, Jim? And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. Give me a raise, and I will. So they did. This is like the defining moment of, is there a governing body of this sport going forward? And if not, is there anyone else that's going to enforce any rules whatsoever? Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Way to go, Smoker Voice. All right, think about this. Think it through. I, I know most of the reactions. So Caleb Williams is a quarterback at USC. He won last year's Heisman Trophy, um, and he'll likely be the first pick in the NFL draft. I don't know if that'll be the Bears. I don't know if that'll be the Cardinals. I don't know if that'll be the Patriots. But somebody in there is going first, and if they aren't going first, they're going to move up to first to draft this kid at USC who won the Heisman Trophy last year. He's not going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Um, the Heisman Trophy just sort of definition, I think, is it goes to the most celebrated player on the most celebrated team, and his team is – suffering and it's a bad look and it just hurts the brand. And so he won't win it again. Um, not only is his team not going to be in the final four, they're likely going to end up in the middle of the pack of the pack 12 good league, the best league. Um, they've lost, they've lost three games already and they're going to get crushed by Oregon this weekend. And they'll likely lose to UCLA at the end of the season so they'll finish up with at least four losses. Um, in their last five games, USC has given up 41, 48, 34, 50, and 52. So this weekend, they're going to easily give up 50 or more. If it's not 50 or more, it's going to be a brutal 45. Here's why I bring it up. Caleb Williams, a guy who's led an offense to 49 points per game. Question, should he play for his college team anymore? 
Should he shut it down? It's a question for all of you. I mean, we can debate this. And I'm not making a joke out of it. I think it's a pretty interesting debate. He's done his part. So would you shut it down if you were him? Would you shut it down if you were related to him? Would you shut him down if you were his coach? I'll answer, yes. Yes, I would. Yes, this kid needs to stop playing. Yes, quit. That's exactly what I'm suggesting. I think it's foolish otherwise. Um, If he were playing in a meaningless bowl game this weekend, just to bring the argument full circle, he were playing in a meaningless bowl game. And you see players do this all the time now in college football. And you can judge it however you want. But I'll tell you why it's important. If he were playing in a meaningless bowl game, if he were playing in the Alamo Bowl, just like B. John Robinson of Texas did a year ago, who decided to sit out of that game. If he were playing in a meaningless bowl game this weekend and he decided not to play, no one would make a big deal out of it. We would all understand. In fact, we would all probably expect it. The answer is it's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk for a guy that's going to be the first player picked in the draft who is going to be the face of an NFL franchise. It's not worth it. If that bowl game is too risky, why isn't playing Oregon this weekend too risky? Why? His team is not going anywhere. They're not. He's not going to win another Heisman. He's not going to go out and put up. He's going to go out and put up great numbers. He runs an offense that averages almost 50 a game. So he's going to go out there. And he's going to do what he normally does. He'll put up great numbers, and they're going to lose again. They'll lose again. They'll lose their next two games probably. His defense gives up 50 more points every time he goes out on the field. So what does he have left to prove? And what does he owe USC? I know that's what a lot of people like to say. Well, he owes them something. What do you mean he owes them something? He's not been giving them anything. He's the only thing they've done right. So it's not at all, it's not all risk. It's not all risk and no reward for Caleb Williams. It's not fair. He's risking everything, and he's not getting anything back. I know you're going to say he's getting paid something. Yeah, well, let me tell you what he's about to make. He's about to easily make, as soon as he puts his name on a sheet of paper, he's going to be make $80 million. That's not counting endorsements. And then his next sheet of paper, given the trajectory of quarterback play in the NFL and his talent level, it could be worth three or $400 million. So don't tell me he's, it's worth the risk to play. Right? Well, but Jeff, what about his team? What about his team? Okay. Um, one half of that team has cost him three losses already. <laughs> the other half of the locker room has cost him Three losses already, not him. It'll be the fourth loss in a brutal way on Saturday. They're going to get absolutely trucked on Saturday. Here's what I don't think people consider. Um, If you were to ask the players on that team or any other football factory, the Alabamas, the USC's, the the Texas's, uh, Oklahoma, I mean, go down the list of football factories. You ask everybody there, most of them will tell you they went there to play in the NFL. I don't think the accounting department's going to come up once. 
Maybe it does. But they went there to play in the NFL, okay? And most will not make it ever. The few that do won't make it very long. But that is what they say. That's what they've been thinking about since they were 16 years old. That's why they go to football factories, and that's what the coaches tell them. This is a place to get you to the NFL. That's what it's about. All right? Now, remember that. That's why you went there. That's why you signed up to get those one-year renewable scholarships. And so he is he's staring at $80 million day one when he signs a contract. And that's not including the endorsements. Would you risk it? But, Jeff, you can buy an insurance policy. Yeah, if he's totaled, you'll get paid. I doubt it'll pay him the full 80, and he'll have to be completely ruined. It's not going to pay him if he's got a, if he goes Quinn Ewers and has a bad shoulder for a few weeks and it's kind of iffy and clunky and you don't know or he rolls an ankle or you know whatever. So if you think he should stick around and play more games, I'd like someone to tell me why. Why? I've just given you all the reasons not to. And the biggest one that people come up with is, well, he owes the school. What do you mean he owes the school? What has he not done? What more would you like him to do? Tackle people too? He's given, he's given that program everything. He's given him a Heisman Trophy. And it's not worked. And at some point when it doesn't work, you're running an incredible risk of, of an investment. Your life. Your career. That all it takes, all he has to do is get to that day to sign that piece of paper to get that bonus. Now, he's not going to get all, all that rookie money, but he's going to make $80 million bucks. You should only have to make $80 million once. So why would anyone? I actually think that it would be the responsible thing to do for, one, I bet his teammates would vote. I bet his teammates would say, shut it down, man. I would. I would. I'd love to see somebody do that anonymous poll because I do think the answer would be, of course he should shut it down. You bet. We wish him the best. We want him to make it. That's what we're all here for. I think a lot of coaches would say, I sold you on the idea of you getting to the, to the NFL. And I'm going to prove to everyone that's what I care about because that's all that matters to anyone, unfortunately. And it's an ugly reality. But I bet people are flipping out for me just bringing this up. Okay, tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why you, if this were your kid, if this were your friend, if this were your teammate, this were your teammate, think of it that way. If that were your teammate, the number one pick in the draft on a season that's come apart, by no fault of his. He's not a bad dude either. Tell me if you're his teammate, you wouldn't be cool with the idea of him shutting it down. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Shut up, smoker voice. This has to be the worst. <laughs> I have no idea why at 4 o'clock in the morning it kind of made me laugh. Do you know who Machine Gun Kelly is? No, you don't. I do a little. I couldn't tell you a Machine Gun Kelly song if you paid me. Is he married to or dating? Oh, wow. What's her name? Megan Fox. There you go. Either way, I have no idea why I found this. I have uh, no idea why. I find it incredibly entertaining. So was this in Austin? Okay, Formula One race. It, It looks like it's in Austin. And 
you know I'm a huge fan of British broadcasting in general. They're just better than we are. They are smarter. They're more subtle. There's a dry sense of humor. Uh, the quality, you know, when we, we carried that Formula One race, that broadcast was unbelievably good. I'm talking about just as a skill set and as an art form. It was it was off the charts good in the sound, the quality, the the knowledge, the snarkiness. So here we go to down by the cars. Here is the on track color analyst, reporter, whatever he's doing down there, and I guess there's a a lull in the action. He sees Machine Gun Kelly who looks like he weighs about 110 pounds. He's about six foot four. He's wearing a bright yellow suit that's really tight with no underwear, and it's unbuttoned, and the rest is broadcast genius. Martin Brundle, Sky F1, good to see you. Uh, welcome to our grid. I have no idea what you said, but thank you. I said welcome to the grid. Ah, thank you, thank you. Honor to be here. Tell us about uh, your career at the moment. That's a, that's a puppy. What, what, what are you saying? Tell us about your career at the moment. What, what's going on for you? Um, oh, my career. I don't think about my career. I don't think about it. Uh, well, well, I'll tell you what, good luck with it, whatever you do. What do you think about our business in Formula One? Our business is great. It's loud. Your life's on the line. That's exciting. I was in a studio the other week, and uh, Lewis Hamilton was in the other studio. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good to see you. What do you, what do you think about my business? Ah, we love your business okay. because there's always been a great synergy between the music business and the motor racing business somehow. Can you, you go me, back decades. Can you give me your best air guitar? I uh, no, I can't. I learned the piano once and I know the middle yeah, C was near the lock piano. and that's about it. Let's do an air piano and air guitar collaboration right now. Three, two, uh, one. There's millions, oh. you do it. Piano, I, I can't keys. do it, I can't do I it. Keys, I need keys. I need the piano. I probably need to get on, but uh, because we got some, we got some people to see. But they don't deserve my. They deserve my. Something about that made me laugh. Somebody told him that guy I think might be famous. Go, and he had no idea, just like I wouldn't, what to say to Machine Gun Kelly. Except, why don't you wear underwear, and why are you in that suit? But beyond that, it was really awkward. All right, let's do this. We call it buy or sell. Uh, here's how it works. Uh, he's a famous writer for the Austin American Statesman. He is Cedric Golden. Uh, it's not about flipping houses or crypto. Buy or sell. There's a statement. Statement is made. We either buy it or we sell it. There are five statements made. Quite possibly a moment of jackassery. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is buy or sell. That's buy or freaking sell. All right, here we go. Buy or sell number one. Backup Arch Manning is not in a Texas uniform next season. Buy or sell. Man, I'm selling. Arch is going to be here. But but, it, but the question is, will Quinn Ewers be here? If Quinn Ewers decides to come back for another year, I think they may encourage him to move on and uh, play somewhere else because Arch didn't come here to sit for two seasons. And Arch 
is the savior of the program. He's the next great thing. He's the latest progeny from the first family of American quarterbacks. So he's not going to be allowed to leave when they can give him the keys to the DeLorean. So I think if, if Quinn Ewers leaves, Arch is definitely the quarterback. If Quinn Ewers uh, decides he doesn't want to go pro, I think uh, that he might be in danger of losing his starting position to Arch. And uh, I think they're going to go with the upside, which is obviously young Manning. Wow. I'm buying. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Wait, first of all, and what universe is Quinn Ewers going into the NFL? <laughs> like, he was like a top, top 10 pick. In the preseason on three mocks. Okay. I I bet that draft board goes to day two before his name is called. No lies detected. Yeah. I, I don't especially now with a bad shoulder, a throwing shoulder. I I I mean if he goes, okay, then I think it's a different story, but I I don't know that I would advise going to the NFL. So you're suggesting that he comes back and he loses his job to to Arch Manning, and then transfers. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna go. See oh, that? he's gonna go somewhere else. Okay. You think Quinn Ewers? Arch ain't leaving, fam. Arch's gonna be here. Arch is gonna be here. They're gonna keep Arch here because they see they can see great things from Arch. We I think we've seen what Quinn Ewers has to offer. Agreed. I agree with that. Decent, but but if we're talking about upside, there's no contest. And and the way they're raving about what this kid's doing in practice, I really think, I really think that he is going to be the quarterback of the Longhorns next year. And I think Quinn will either lose his job or transfer. And I think Malik Malik Murphy will go somewhere else as well. Do you think the spy or sell statement should have been Malik Murphy is going to be in a different uniform next year? Absolutely, I buy that all day long. I'm sorry. Why is he playing this week? <laughs> Well, because they're not they're not ready to unleash the kid, even though we know that you can play four games and still rest shirt. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I think I think they just want to keep booking these wins uh, with a slightly more experienced quarterback in that run game. And um, I, th- I think and uh, maybe and you correct me if I'm wrong, if you disagree with me, Jeff. If Arch comes in and 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 lights it up, and then then what do you do with Quinn? Then you have a can of worms. Yeah, yeah. I wow. I assume Quinn Ewers comes back. Uh, they got it. Then if he's coming back, then some real honest conversations have to happen. And that is, you have to one tell Quinn Ewers, okay, bud, I need to let you know. You come back, the job is not yours. You're going to have to fight for the job. You owe him that. You owe any player that. There's conversation number one. If he doesn't come back and he thinks he's going to go on the first round of the NFL, somebody's giving him bad advice. They really are because he's not among the best six, and there's just not enough demand in the first round this year for a first-round quarterback. But if he wants to go and think he can be day two and that's what he wants, cool. Somebody needs to be honest with him about that. So – then somebody has to tell Malik Murphy if it's worth him sticking around. And, and I don't think it is. He better if for his free agent tryout, he needs to light up 
TCU, he just needs that. If he's going to go somewhere, he needs a good free agent tryout. So you've thrown me completely off. The odd man out, I thought, and I've only seen the kid play, whatever, 10 snaps in a practice game, which doesn't count. So maybe he's the greatest thing ever. But I assumed he'd be the odd man out because if Quinn Ewers returned, I would assume the job would be given to him. And There's no way, whether your name is Manning or not, you'd want to sit around for two years. But you're telling me he's waiting to take that job next September, right? Absolutely. That's his job. How does how do you know? Like how does anyone know? Look, I'm good at, I don't know. That's, said, that's a really good at, question. We're all, we're all good at the driving range. We are really are, but then <laughs> then, then when it's time to play, yeah. I mean, uh, then you're plus 6. Uh my thing, I think I think that Sarkeesian recognizes the upside of the kid. And I believe that Sarkeesian thinks that he can do some great things with the kid. I think that Quinn Ewers uh, is serviceable, and I, and I think he's decent. But yeah. the problem is he's still he's still struggling on those deep balls. And uh, Malik Murphy, we already know he throws a better deep ball than Quinn, and we've only seen, what, <laughs> two games? We know that. And so – uh, that NFL game is about accuracy, and Quinn's been accurate, but it's also about being able to stretch the field, and uh, those are issues that he's still working to resolve. So, uh, I will, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, and Quinn comes back, I tell him, man, that kid, that kid has upside, and and he's hungry. You're gonna have to be way better than him to keep your job. Wow. Buy or freaking sell. The loss to Philadelphia will send Dallas into a free fall, and they'll be lucky to make the playoffs. Buy or sell. We're overreacting now. I'm selling. <laughs> uh, they hurt us, Jeff. Uh, we 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 had a nice communal get together last week, and we came to uh, some terms, and we believed that the Cowboys were going to go in there and take care of business, and. They didn't, and they came close. And maybe that's just who they are, a team that comes close. Luckily, they're in the NFC, and the NFC is not great. Uh, they are they they can beat the Eagles. I don't know if they'll beat them in Philly in the playoffs. They can beat the Eagles. They can beat this incarnation of the 49ers, who aren't very good right now because of the injuries. They they I like the way they match up against the Detroit Lions. Those are the three teams right now that, that are that – are, that are up there, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to collapse because they barely lost to the Eagles. They're not going to be in a free fall. They're going to destroy the Giants. They're going to get this thing back on track, and they're going to be a wild card team. Yeah, I'm selling that all day long. I mean, they were, if there's ever a a game in which you can say you lost by inches, that was it. I mean, they really did lose by inches. They They were mostly the better team than Philly and the only thing I, the only risk I see to Dallas now, because they left that game healthy, is did that game exhaust them so much that it's hard to it's hard to bounce back? And I don't know that answer yet, but they get the Giants, and that's got to help. Otherwise, they don't free fall at all. In fact, they go on the road. I think they can beat anybody on the road except maybe Philadelphia. Right now, I think if that game goes, I think if they have to go through Detroit, they beat Detroit. I think Dallas is a better team than Detroit. They are. Yeah. I think Philadelphia would tell you Dallas is a better team than Detroit. 
And when Philadelphia goes to Dallas, I think, well, Philadelphia's not going to have a heck of a lot to play for. I think Dallas beats them then. Um, I, I think right now Dallas, based on what we saw on Sunday, is a team you'd want no part of during the playoffs. Buy or freaking sell. The best one-loss college football team is currently Alabama. Buy or sell. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Huh? Every time you try what? to bury Nick Saban, um, he comes back and he figures some things out. And I know that Oregon threw away that game against against Washington, but I really like what I'm seeing from Alabama um, on both sides of the ball. Jalen Milrow has figured out who he is as a quarterback. He is not Warren Moon. He is more of a Michael Vick type. He's a runner. Who, who throws on occasion, and Saban is finally allowing him to do that. We watched the Alabama-Texas game and watched Jalen Milrow trying to read defenses. He's not that dude. He's not a reader of defenses. He's a good athlete playing quarterback. And I think that they followed suit, and they figured out how to best maximize his abilities. It's real close between Oregon, in my opinion, Oregon and Alabama. I'm going to give Alabama the edge because I think Dan Lanning may be insane. He gave away that Washington game, and may, he may give away may another be insane. one. He may be okay. He I'm may gonna, be insane. I, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Um, yeah, I'm selling that. I'm going to I'm going to sell this, and I don't think Alabama is the best one-loss team, but it may be one of Saban's best coaching jobs. That team now, because of because of that quarterback, tell me anyone right now, if Alabama and Texas were to play tomorrow, tell me anyone that doesn't paint their face burnt orange that would pick Texas right now. If they did, they're picking with their heart yeah. and not with yeah. their head. I mean, it, it is – It is. he was awful against Texas, and Texas was good. And it looks like a completely different player right now. Uh, it looks like a completely different team. It's impressive. I have to say, it is his. I think it's one of his better coaching jobs. But I do think, top to bottom, even with an insane coach, I think Oregon is better. Um, I'm not sure Oregon's not one of the best two teams in the country, except for that small factor of their coach is insane. The only person dumber than Dan Lanning, the coach of Oregon, is the moron in Austin who decided to go in overtime on fourth and four. So. I'd go if I'm ranking one loss teams. Man. What a gift. What yeah. a gift. Oh, no was. doubt. No doubt. Um, absolutely. If you're ranking one loss teams, it goes you said Alabama, Oregon. I'd say Oregon, Alabama. And then I think the bottom drops out after that, correct? There's a lot there's a lot of good one loss teams. I would have Texas in there, no doubt, if Quinn Ewers were still the quarterback. But the uncertainty at that position puts Texas in a group of other one loss teams. Yeah. They're not. They do not belong in the final four. Not right now. No. Yeah. Not right now. They do not. Buy or freaking sell. A non-quarterback wins the NFL MVP this year. Buy or sell. Man, that's a good one. I just. It's a quarterback's award, so I'm gonna sell. Um, yeah. Uh, right now, uh, there, there are so many. Kirk Cousins was 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 playing so great till he got hurt. Um, there are some really good candidates. Um, 
Tyreek Hill is the best non-quarterback yep. right now um, who's who's on pace to win to to go for 2000 yards receiving but it's still a quarterback's award. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be Joe Burrow or Mahomes winning the MVP and then they'll give the offensive player of the year uh to Tyreek Hill. That's just how it happens. That the offensive player of the year is generally reserved for a guy who who might not be a quarterback. It might be a, a Jerry Rice type or something like that. So Tyreek Hill, I think, has had the best season, but it's always going to be a quarterback. And my pick right now, um, he's going to light it up in the second half of the season, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, save that tape, Jeff. Got it. Is it 18-1, to 1 too? You know that? You could oh man, Joe, I got to get to Vegas. You man. could get Joe Burrow a few probably now it's not a few days ago at 18 to 1. And if anyone has seen him play the last 2 weeks, he's back, fam. He is he's back. he is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um I'm going to sell this but you miss somebody. Lamar Jackson's the midseason MVP. He is great. And, I mean, and no one's talking about the Ravens. Yeah, no one's talking I mean, he about is the he is and I don't know why, because he's completing something like 74%. He's healthy. He's not running around being crazy or having to. He is absolutely on fire. Uh, I'm not sure they're not the best team in the league. And right now he is, in my opinion, he's the MVP. Joe Burrow might catch him because Joe Burrow is just playing on another planet right now. But if, if I have to pick today, I'm picking Lamar Jackson. I do think it's tough. If Tyreek Hill were to get 2,000 yards, that is such an insane number. It's hard not it's to hard. pick. It's, I mean, that's just unbelievable. It's hard not to pick that guy, but I'm with you. I think in the end they wouldn't. The best seasons by non-quarterbacks would go something like this. It would go Tyreek Hill, Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. and J.T. Watt. Wow, and the steel I just don't think the Steelers are going to be able know, to keep it up. I know, I know, but he and Miles Garrett are are quietly having ridiculous seasons as well in sack totals. Um, they won't Miles get Garrett, they won't get considered. Miles Garrett will be the defensive MVP. They won't get considered. Oh, yeah. But if you know, if you had to have a separate category and said non quarterbacks, that's that's how I would do it. But I think it's Lamar Jackson's right now. Miles Garrett's even blocking field goals. Now. I know. I mean, he's insane right yeah, now. Yeah, he really is. Buy or freaking sell. All right, final buy or sell. Aaron Rodgers plays for the Jets this year. Buy or sell. (laughs) He's he's nuts. He is absolutely nuts. Uh, I got to sell. My my best friend from high school, his dad was a surgeon for 50 years, and my dad goes, quit watching the McAfee show. Don't buy into that BS. Aaron Rodgers is not going to play football this year. He goes, you. I mean, the 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 Achilles heel doesn't heal that quickly. It's only thing they can fix it is time. You can't you can't build it up with weights and or anything like that. I know he's been walking around and throwing a, for a couple of passes on the side, but do you really think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and avoid pass rushes? Right. Uh, what five months after you? Shredded your Achilles? No way. He's not playing. That's have you have you seen the clip? This is what's starting it, particularly in New York, because one, it's the clip that happened after the game last night with the Chargers, 
and the fact that their offense is obviously complete trash, quarterbacked by a guy who's complete trash. After the game, I can't remember who it was with the Chargers, comes up to Aaron Rodgers, and he says, I think it's it's Aaron Rodgers doing this on purpose, to be honest. I think he's such a diva. He wants us all to be talking about him coming back. I really do. So this guy comes up to him, and there's a mic on the field, and he says, hey, man, when are you coming back? Aaron Rodgers says, in a few weeks. He goes, I thought you were going to suit up today. I saw you out there throwing. You know, they hug and then go their separate ways, and New York has gone nuts over this clip. And that's what I think has started this, plus the fact that he's out there throwing around and kind of bouncing around on his feet. But it would be so stupid for him to come back. I think the only thing fueling this is that he is a diva who wants to be talked about. Because, one, he's a 40-year-old he's a who really kind of moves around like he's 55. He's an old 40. Uh, number two, they're getting really, really close to being out of it. So what's the point? Yeah, where are they going? I mean, what, what, why would you risk a $110 million investment on an old guy to try to go and scratch off a couple of wins late in the year because they're probably one more loss away from being complete, if they're not already, being completely eliminated from the playoffs. So even if Aaron Rodgers came in and said, you know, I did this with uh, ayahuasca and some acid because I hate Anthony Fauci and I'm an anti-vax nut job, um, I'm all good. I'm all good, ready to go. They should say, go back to your place and smoke some weed and get out of here. There's no reason to bring you out, bud. There's no reason, even if he were ready, he's not, for him to play. He'll be back in a few weeks, like 52 weeks. That's that's a few. <laughs> that's when he'll be back. And you don't want him to you don't want him messing up the business of it all. Right. I mean, why don't y'all go ahead and keep sucking? And and then being the Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstakes or the or the Caleb Williams sweepstakes or you know or the or even the the uh, Keon Coleman sweepstakes those those are players that you need to upgrade. Aaron Rodgers is one or two more years and he's done. If you're the New York Jets, you need to start thinking about uh, what's going to happen in in reality, not in fantasy land. Just because a guy says something on a hot mic and throws a couple of passes doesn't mean that he's going to confound science. Because if he's doing that, I need him to call Kirk Cousins' doctor and give him some of what he's smoking because my fantasy league is messed up after Cousins went down. Yeah, I I just – I I guess he'll play next year. I've yet – I wasn't convinced before his Achilles – that he would play again, so I'm going to assume that he will again, just because his ego is that way. And they owe him, I think, seventy six million dollars yeah. next year. So, guaranteed money. Uh, yeah. You know, all the more reason why it would be in it would be unbelievably stupid to trot him out there and have him end up in a ball on the field again, knowing they owe him something like seventy five million next year, guaranteed. So, it's. It's dumb, but I think he's doing this on purpose. I really do. I think he wants us to talk about it. I think he wants everyone to think he's coming back. He he can't stand not being the center of attention. I think it's awesome that he played one play and he's going to get $100 bucks. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, do you think where do you think the Jets would be if he were playing right now? It's the AFC, Jeff. The AFC is 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 loaded, man. Yeah. yeah. 
They're not they're not beating Miami in that division. They're probably second place in the East. Uh what's their record now? Are they three and six? I'm not looking at the standings right now. Um, um probably four and five, five and four at the most. I mean, they're not they're not great. They're not gonna be great you know, with him. And yeah, and I, 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 think I didn't that, I don't think so either. I know I know that they suck on offense, but they suck on offense not just because their quarterback sucks, they suck on offense. For the very reason, the four plays that he was in, he was running for his life on three of them. And he couldn't get away. He couldn't get he away. Couldn't get exactly. Away. I, and it was, I, I think what people know, he's, not, lost, he's not slow, even at his old age. He can still move. Right. But those guys were bearing down. Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to play the full season no, anyway. exactly. I was thinking, you know, even if the guy were to survive that game or even if it was not the, the torn Achilles, every week. I mean, think about what Dallas would have done to them. We know what Dallas did to them. So that would have been worse. It could have been. I mean, it could have been him. I just, yeah, I, I, I think, I think he's smart enough to look out there and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm better than that kid. I'm one of the best. But I don't really want to be behind that garbage offensive line. I don't care who's quarterbacking. I don't know. I don't know that they can protect him. And you know what? Maybe he's just crazy like a fox, and he's got people talking about him, and he's on the McAfee show. Maybe he's just making sure that they that those checks are going to clear and that the fans aren't mad at him because he didn't get it done. Right. Oh, they love him right now because he's trying to come back. But I believe deep down in his soul, Aaron Rodgers knows that he's not playing football this year. Yeah. Agreed. All right, man. Good stuff. Good talking to you, Sad. Okay, brother. Later. This is Buy or Sell.